0: Welcome back, hour number three of the David Glenn Show. It is App State Takeover Day. Thanks to DG, Darren, and crew for giving us the platform to talk all things App State. Thanks to our guests that have joined us so far, including the last hour we had Dustin Kearns, new men's basketball coach, Michael Smith from the Sports Business Journal, Doug Gillen, athletics director, and Angel Elderkin, head women's basketball coach. I'm Adam Witten. Brett Strelo is here as well in studio. And we're excited to talk to our next guest. Uh, some of you will know him as former quarterback for the Mountaineers back in the late 90s, early 2000s. A lot of you will also know him as uh, one of the leading analysts on the NFL network and an analyst with the LA Chargers on their broadcast. He is Daniel Jeremiah at Move the Sticks on twitter daniel how are you my, my first question though is uh aside from all the stuff you're doing in the nfl when's the last time you were in boone
1: oh gosh it, it's uh it's been too long I, I took my son up there um it has to have been now i'm thinking of how little he was and how big he is now it has to have been five or six years ago maybe uh for an open, was opener it was opening game i want to say uh it was, a, it was an opponent that we beat the snot out of, but I cannot remember who it was for the life of me. But it was a totally different place at that point in time, and I've heard even over the last five or six years it looks totally different. So I'm excited to go back hopefully soon.
0: Yeah, I know that's not always the easiest task for you because of everything that you're doing right now. But um, one of the things – we, we talked to Michael Smith about this who writes for the Sports Business Journal. He, he just took his – sub, dro- he just dropped his son off. At Appalachian to begin the fall semester, what are some of the things? If you could go back to Boone tomorrow or even tonight, what would be the first thing you would try to do in Boone? The first thing you'd want to go see, uh, first place you'd want to go eat, first thing you want to go experience?
1: Well, you know, is is assuming it's still there, the Daniel Boone Inn still has to be there,
0: right? Yes, it is, yeah, absolutely.
1: Right. So that, I mean, I feel like you kind of owe it to them. They've they're so established that you've, that's got to be the first stop. On the journey, um, so I think that would be the first place I would stop, and then after that, you know, I would, uh, I would want to just go selfishly and just go right out to the 50-yard line, and then just look around at how much the stadium has changed uh, and the environment has continued to grow and get better. So that that's what I want to get out there and, and check out the, the stadium and all the improvements that have been made over the years.
2: I'd like to think that Daniel Boone can be a kryptonite for some visiting teams. If they've had (laughs) had a meal there, they're a step slower the next day, maybe. Yeah,
1: a little Um, food coma. Just a little food coma, that's
2: all. Uh, Before we kind of get into some all the things you're doing now, um, you know, you were the quarterback for the Mountaineers, um, successful one under Jerry Moore, um, coming from... California via Louisiana, or if I have the right, you know, California, Louisiana, then to Boone. Um, what are some of the memories that stand out for you? I think you know, we ranked uh, some moments in that Wake Forest-App State series, and I think that quarterback sneak in overtime, uh, probably stealing your answer, but just when you think about your time as a player there, what, what jumps out at you? And I think you may have even taken a snap, broken some rules on some quarterback sneak stuff. <laughs> I, uh,
1: man, I, have, I couldn't even list them all. There's so many. that the, the, Both the Wake Forest wins. Um, would be great. I mean, the, the, the overtime game and then unfortunately I got hurt my senior year uh, when we went back there and beat them again. But that was, that was uh, satisfying because it wasn't as close of a football game. I thought we were clearly kind of the dominant football team that day. Uh, beating Georgia Southern at home when I think they were number one or number two in the country uh, was, a, was a big one. And then, honestly, even though we didn't win the game, going on the road against Auburn and having them on the ropes – in the fourth quarter of that game um and and then when we got on the bus after the game i'll never forget it their fans giving us a, a huge ovation as we were leaving the uh, stadium which to me was just the ultimate sign of respect for where our program was at that time um th- those are some great memories and i've, I've got friends now that i've uh, you know i've got to know that played on that auburn team including guys like heath evans and they'll tell they'll tell everybody that the, the most physical game they ever played in was not another team in the SEC. It was uh, was when we came in there. So uh, those are the moments that I remember.
0: We're going to get to some some current uh, football topics with Daniel Jeremiah, former quarterback for the Mountaineers, now working with the NFL Network and an analyst on the broadcast with the LA Chargers. Um, but you know, you mentioned what happened at the end of that Auburn game. A lot of fans will also mirror that to what happened at the end of the Penn State game in 2018, when the Mountaineers lost in overtime, but the fans at Beaver Stadium gave the team a standing ovation as as they walked off the field. I, I want to ask you specifically about the playoff run too, in in, in 2000. And I know that was kind of a back and forth year for you as far as, uh, how much you were playing, but you, you played a role in that playoff run. And, and I seem to recall from that Western Kentucky, and that was my freshman year in school. And I was at that game in Bowling Green, Kentucky. And that was about as close as the Mountaineers got to tasting a national championship without actually getting to one, uh, losing in the semifinals to Montana. What do you remember about that run in 2000?
1: Yeah, you know, I, I got hurt in that opener against, uh, against Wake and then, uh, and, and so I was out for several weeks, and then I came back in. I want to say it was against Wofford, and then I, my ankle got messed up. So I was just kind of in and out of the lineup. And then Joe Burchett uh, took over and played great um, and did a really – came back healthy. Joe had rightfully kind of earned that spot. And then we get into that Western Kentucky game, and uh, I don't even remember if Joe had got nicked up. I think he was a little nicked up, and we, we just weren't playing that well. And uh, so I got a chance to come in that game and – and uh, we're able to get out of there with the win. Which, looking back on it, you know that's that's Jack Harbaugh. Everybody knows about Jim and John, but that's his dad coaching that team and uh, a really really good football team. So we win that game, and then uh, and then we go play on the road at Montana, and then end up losing a heartbreaker in overtime in that one. Uh, which I believe, if we win that game, I think that was the semifinal game, would have put us in the uh, put us in the national championship. Correct. So, um, it, it was a it was a good it was a good run. I actually was at a. I was at a radio event last week and ran into somebody that played on that Montana team. And uh, I didn't, I didn't, I, it's been, how many years has that been? It's been 20 years. And I, I didn't even want to talk to the guy. I, I don't want to hear about <laughs> that game anymore. was brutal. Uh, but no, that they, we had some really good teams. And I get asked sometimes, like, did it, uh, you know, what were your thoughts when they started winning all these national championships after you left? Uh, dude, it was awesome. I celebrated those wins on my couch. Like I would have been on the sideline. Uh, with those teams. So to see where, you know, we had the program there, I thought was really a solid footing, and to see them launch from there to where it is today, uh, it, it makes you pretty proud.
2: Well, Adams talked about, you know, all the things you do for the NFL, the NFL Network, become one of the nation's most you know respected draft analysts and the work you do for the L.A. Chargers. How do you go from Daniel Jeremiah, App State quarterback, to, you know, a well-known, um, you know, high-profile voice, Commentator stuff like that. I know it's probably not a straight line. It's probably a long story. But just to get from point A to point B, can you kind of just share with the audience how you kind of are able to get to that?
1: Sure. The way it happens is that you don't get what you want. Uh, So the the path that I wanted to travel, uh, I came out of college, out of app, and I worked on the production side for ESPN for a couple years on Sunday Night Football. Just as kind of a grunt, uh, but just was very interested in the broadcasting community. I wanted to go into broadcasting but I was on the production side, and um, so if it was up to me, I would have tried to, you know, cross over from the production side, started in a small market, and tried to work my way up the ladder, which would have been a really, really long journey um, to get to, a, you know, to be on a national network and, and those things. But God had a different plan and, and opened some doors into scouting, and I went and scouted for eight years. And then um, that kind of backdoored my way into the media from the scouting side, and that really was a huge shortcut for me, um, starting off with NFL Network and then uh, getting a chance to kind of grow my role there and, and just continue to add some, some cool things along the way. And, uh, you know, I go there assuming that Mike Mayock's going to stay for another, you know, 15 years because he's, he's doing it as well as anybody, and uh, opportunity came for him, and he went and uh, took the Raiders general manager job, which opened up the... The lead draft analyst role at the network. So um, you know if it was up to me I'd probably be in, in Huntsville, Alabama right now with my plans and I'd be doing the, I'd be the weekend sports anchor and, uh, <laughs> and then God had a different path for me and, uh, and I, I wake up every day and I'm extremely thankful for, uh, for all the cool things that I get to do.
0: Kind of a two-part question here as we visit with Daniel Jeremiah, former App State quarterback and now working with the, the NFL Network as, a, as an analyst for the NFL, has a uh, Move the Sticks podcast, at Move the Sticks on Twitter, and works on the broadcast side as an analyst with the L.A. Chargers. Kind of a two-part question here. When you were a scout, or even maybe now as you're analyzing, you're still analyzing prospects for, for the draft, um, any any good stories of like somebody that you found that would just blew you away more than others, or someone that you kind of discovered as a diamond in the rough from from your days as a scout? And then the second part of that question would be, did you ever come across any any App State alums um, in in your scouting days that that truly impressed you um, in, in kind of the way that they developed after college?
1: Yeah, you know, it's been every year. You know, hopefully you have at least one or two guys where you you know, you kind of get in on early and you, and you fall in love with them and maybe they're not on the map. And sometimes what happens is that attention, you know, goes their way and you'll see them start to rise up the draft board and they end up being first or second round picks. But, uh, when you started, you found them, they weren't really being talked about. I can remember, you know, Lane Johnson who ended up being like the third pick in the draft or whatever he was, um, during that fall, nobody really knew about him and, and got a chance to see him and, and kind of threw him on the radar and watched him kind of vault up, um, you know, there's, there's guys like that each and every year. When I was scouting, um, when I was with the Philadelphia Eagles, we had a center that we really liked out of Cincinnati, um, Jason Kelsey, and we were able to get him in the sixth round and uh, and watch what he's become. You know, we drafted Marshall Yonda in the third round when I was with the Ravens, who's going to probably be a Hall of Famer that uh, that kind of fell to us there. So there's stories like that each and every year. In terms of the app guys, you um, you know what? One of the things I always say, because it's the network, if we're talking about him you know, how's this guy going to be? How's that guy going to be? I always say, look, I, we'll see how they translate. I know one thing. It won't be because of a lack of toughness. Um, and you can go back and Corey Lynch, you know, hanging around the NFL as long as he did just because he was so smart and so tough. Um, you know, not going to blow you away with the, the height, weight, speed, but just a, a really good football player. Um, that, to me, he's like the – he's the poster child for – for App State football, in my opinion. I know we've had other guys that have gone on and, and had longer careers, or maybe you could say have been better pros, but um, people ask me, what does an App State football player look like? Um, Corey Lynch, to me, was a good example. All
0: right, well, I'll get you out on this question, and that is uh, about the, the current state of the App State football program, specifically uh, the new head football coach, Eli Drinkwitz. If I recall correctly, the two of you met each other at the Senior Bowl uh, back at, at, in December, and, um, I, I want to know your first impressions of him. And as you two have interacted a little bit in person and, and maybe through social media and other platforms, uh, your first impressions of him as he gets ready to start year number one.
1: Sure. Yeah. First of all, you know, having such a great relationship with Scott Satterfield going back when I played there, um, and having kept up with him all through his journey and all through the years and, and, and nobody I, you know, I love more, for more, more than, than coach Satterfield. So. When he decided to take that opportunity, I was pumped up for him, and I was a little bit nervous, quite honestly, to see what was going to happen. And, and I didn't know Coach Drink at all, but I, I had heard his name from other people in the profession, and everybody spoke so highly of him. And then the first time I met him, he was incredibly personable and just uh, presented himself so well and was passionate about, you know, what App has done in the past and even trying to take this thing to the next level. And since then, since we met at the the Senior Bowl, we've really kept in touch and uh, just texting with him yesterday. So uh, I'm really excited about where this team is right now and and see if we can take this thing to a whole nother level to the point where, you know, people aren't saying who's going to be the next Boise State. They're saying who's going to be the next App State. That's where I think this program can go, and I think Coach Trinkwitz is going to be able to get them there.
0: Daniel Jeremiah, we know this is a crazy time of year for you, so we appreciate you carving out some time for us to, to talk some App State football and other things you've got going on. And, uh, hey, maybe uh, one day we'll be back in Boone and we can uh, we can share a country ham biscuit at Daniel Boone Inn. Sound like a deal?
1: Yes. That, yes, now we're talking about I'm going to leave you with one thing. You guys got to give me your answer to this question. I'm, okay. also, I'm getting ready to get on a flight to go to Arizona for the Chargers-Cardinals preseason game tomorrow night. Kyler Murray, does he play more or less than four plays in that game tomorrow night?
0: Uh, I'm going to say more.
1: I'm
2: I guess I'll be you know less to the vegetarian.
0: Yeah. We'll see. I, I'm not basing We're that on not, anything. I'm yeah, I'm not basing that on anything. I hope you're not using our guesses to, uh, for your preparation tonight. <laughs> uh,
1: oh, that's great. I looked it up. I looked it up, by the way. Uh, there are tickets available starting at $3. So if you want to go to a free season game tomorrow night, it's 3 bucks.
0: Okay, uh, so yeah, for the price of uh, a country ham biscuit, you can, uh, you can also go see a preseason NFL game tonight. So.
1: <laughs> yeah, get the you'll, be, you'll be a lot happier with the biscuit.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Daniel Jeremiah, thanks for making some time. Safe travels.
1: All right, see you guys, bye.
0: All right, more to come here on the App State edition of the David Glenn Show. We've got new App State Hall of Famer and all-time leading scorer in the men's basketball program, Donald Sims, scheduled to join us here on the other side of the break. Don't go away. Mike Krzyzewski joining us we ask folks you work with at Duke if you've
3: changed or mellowed over the years well you know mellow is having a glass of wine and looking over you know the sunset you know (laughs) Uh, I don't see how you can be mellow and coach a game that can't happen if it does then you shouldn't be coaching keep it here
0: on the David Glenn Show Welcome back. It's our third and final hour of the David Glenn show. It's app state takeover day as a part of the voices of North Carolina tour. Glad you're with us. I'm Adam Witten, Brett Strilo here in studio and our next guest joining us on the phone is one of the newest inductees to the app state athletics hall of fame. He is the all time leading scorer in the men's basketball program. He's his name is Donald Sims. Donald, thanks for joining us today. I want to begin with that hall of fame, um, election and ask you what, what, Went through your head your emotions when you first heard the news that you were going to be a member of the athletics hall
3: of fame awesome well first i'd like to say thank you guys for having me um so happy to be a part of this show uh appalachia state means so much to me um and to, to kind of tell off that question um i mean it was special um it's such an honor appalachia state is a great athletic institution and um it, it was definitely an honor and um a lot of my former coaches teased me about being a first ballot. Uh, so that was pretty neat and to think about if that's the case. Uh, but, I mean, yeah, just to be 10 years out and to be already inducted is a huge honor and i uh, happy to be a part of that.
2: Yeah, on August 31st will be the ceremony before the season-opening football game. we got Jim Whitmer, a wrestler from the 1960s, Bobby Barbera, a men's tennis player from the 1960s, and Devon Folks, a football player from the early 2000s, part of that class. And I think Jerry Moore will also be recognized during that, that breakfast. Um, Donald, just, I guess, right off the bat, just to update, can you kind of share your path a little bit professionally? I know you've played Argentina, Venezuela, a lot of different areas of just kind of for people to catch back up with you, what, what you've been doing lately still professionally.
3: Uh, for sure. So I, um, I did four years in Europe. Uh, I did two years down in Venezuela, and I did three years in Argentina. Uh, so my last three years were in Argentina. Just won a championship uh, after going two years, getting really close. So finally won one, and um, now just kind of, you know, discussing with my agent, kind of the best scenario for next season. Um, so we're we're still we're still chopping. We're still going. Um, had a great career, just seen so many places, learned a lot of new things, seen so many different cultures. So it's, it's truly been a blessing um, and an honor, honestly, kind of representing the Appalachian State while doing all of that.
2: Yeah, just traveling abroad so much, are there any countries or, or places that kind of stood out that um, just maybe as some favorites just to, to live and be part of that culture? And it's probably different than maybe what you think, you know, coming out of college, um, of just how that's evolved for you to be able to see so much of the world.
3: Um, well, I mean, they all have their their uh, good things about them, um, you know, as far as the different countries. Uh, you know, one thing I tell people is you really have to, you know, when you go over there to play, you really have to kind of immerse yourself into the culture of whatever particular country that you're in. Um, because, you know, you have to go grocery shopping, you have to eat at the restaurants, you have to talk to your teammates. So you kind of have to kind of learn the spot and, you um, kind of adjust quickly so you can uh, begin to then focus on basketball, which is, which is also uh, important there. And, um, yeah, so, I mean, you really have to immerse yourself and, um, you know, kind of catch on quickly. So, um, you know, doing a few years of that, I've kind of, you know, know what to expect going in and, uh, you know, try to have the best year on the court as possible.
0: When you talk to people around the Appalachian basketball program, you know there's going to be a lot of nostalgia this year—not um, just with your Hall of Fame induction, but this being the the hundredth anniversary of App State men's basketball. When you discuss kind of your playing days, what are the stories that that you would immediately go to in terms of games or moments or experiences um, that that you that bring back the best memories?
3: Um, I mean, for me, it's probably just the camaraderie between my teammates and I. Um, you know, I really had a just an amazing relationship uh, with my teammates. Um, you know, Houston Thatcher recruited me and he always would say uh, in the recruiting process, there's something special about this mountain. Um, and, you know, he's 100% correct in the sense that, you know, you, your teammates really become your family and your coaches are really, really strong mentors and um, I just remember the, the the great relationships and the selflessness of of all the players and how we all kind of had one objective and um, we just wanted to do do well for each other. and um, you know that was a real special experience, especially playing you know ten years now uh, professionally, um, you know, you really kind of take those things for granted. and you know now, uh, with, this, with this perspective, you know I really you know, cherish and honor that uh, experience with my teammates because it was a a truly special place to be and to play basketball. It, It was fun.
2: I think you gave good answers, Donald. I think if I had ever scored 44 points at Davidson or against Davidson, (laughs) that might be my answer, but I I appreciate your humbleness in that. Um, Just That was an era. I think you crossed over some with Steph Curry and Davidson, both incredible three-point shooters, free-throw shooters. It didn't look like Steph ever shot 90% from the line in college. No,
0: no, you got some numbers that topped him in college. (laughs) Just just that (laughs)
3: time
2: and the way they go. Go ahead.
3: (laughs) I had four years, and he only had three, so that helped me out a good bit.
2: Uh, so yeah,
3: so no, humble. Like he, 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 he was a great player. I mean, you know, again, you know, just to kind of piggyback off my, my teammate, I mean, they are, you know, responsible for so much. You know, I, I'm a shooter, obviously, and I score, but, you know, I didn't have to kind of guard Stephen Curry. You know, that was, that was left to, to, to one of my teammates who, who did that role, and, you know, I didn't have to be the facilitator. That was someone else, and I didn't have to you know kind of do other things my my sole focus was just to kind of you know be aggressive with shooting and scoring and um you know they they really embraced that role in me and and that's all i did you know and and fortunately i had some great games and you know again you know you you have to have those teammates to kind of accept that and and allow you to do that
2: we talked to coach kearns um, earlier in this in the show and he he said he had contacted you and, and kind of touched base since he's Taking over the Mountaineers program. What's that been like hearing from him and I guess having a modern day connection, not that you're too old or anything like that, but <laughs> a present day connection to the program where you played?
3: Uh, I think it's awesome. Uh, he definitely brings a new energy, kind of a new new focus on on getting this thing right. Um, and, you know, we I'm supporting him 100%. And, you know, it, it felt great for him to reach out to me and kind of get my perspective on, on certain things, and, um, you know, and I represent Appalachia State everywhere I go, and every year I play in every different country I play in, and, um, you know, for the program to be good is is important to me, and, um, you know, I follow them each and every game, and um, they have my support, and just, you know, happy and honored to help Coach Kearns any way I can, and, um, you know, I, I truly wish them nothing but success.
0: Well, Donald, we wish you much success in, in wherever your your basketball playing endeavors take you um, here in the in the immediate future, and, and we look forward to seeing you in Boone on the on the thirty first for the Hall of Fame induction. Congratulations on that honor, and we appreciate you spending a few minutes with us here today.
3: Oh man, again, thank you guys. You know, truly an honor coming on your show and representing App State. Man, we really uh, I really enjoyed it, and uh, good luck to your show. And thank you so much.
0: Yep, thank you. Donald Sims, all-time leading scorer in App State basketball history and a new inductee of the Athletics Hall of Fame here in 2019. All right, we'll step away. When we come back, we're going to visit with an App State alum and Super Bowl champion. That's coming up next on App State Day on the David Glenn Show.
1: Ruffin McNeil, welcome back. I know we'll always be a huge part of you and your family. You know, this will be my last coaching stop. After this, yeah, maybe join you in a radio show or Amen. do some of that. Yeah. We'll be we'll be doing some remote shows from your boat in the middle
3: of the Caribbean somewhere if I have my way.
0: <laughs> You're listening to the David Glenn Show. All right, welcome back here on the David Glenn Show. It's App State Day, part of the Voices of North Carolina tour. Thanks to DG, Darren Bott, and the entire David Glenn Show crew for having us on the program today and allow us to highlight all the amazing things that are happening on the mountain and down the mountain with folks associated with Appalachian State. My name is Adam Witten. Brett Strelo is here in studio. Our thanks to Donald Sims, who joined us in the previous segment, App State Hall of Famer. And now we're excited to talk to an App State football alum. He's a member of the New England Patriots, and he has a Super Bowl ring from last year's Super Bowl victory over the Rams. It's A.J. Howard. A.J., thanks for the time today. How are you?
4: I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. What
0: is your day like today? You're in the middle of training camp and, and going through it with the Patriots. So kind of what's what's been the schedule like today? I know it hasn't been easy necessarily to carve out some time for us. We appreciate you doing that, but tell us what, what your day is like today.
4: Uh, I would say it's been a little hectic. Uh, obviously, I had to move back a um, a time slot. So thanks for whoever took the 2 p.m. slot. But, <laughs> no, it's just it's been good. Uh, we went over and been practicing against the Detroit Lions the past couple of days, which has been awesome. So we... Went back over there today because our game was tomorrow for some logistics things and just kind of getting ready for game day.
2: As we look forward and, um, you know, the career you've had, I guess it's hard. I don't know if people understand for college seniors what that transition is like to go from a first pro season of, you know, you're preparing for – Draft day or pro day, stuff like that, and then training camps. Of Can you just kind of put in perspective what that last year, year and a half has been like? Because there really is no time to stop. Maybe this summer was the first time to at least catch your breath a little bit, I'd imagine.
4: Yeah, exactly. There definitely is no time to, I guess, really stop and catch your breath. So that definitely makes your rookie season, which whatever you're going to, where whether it be like baseball, football, anything, makes that rookie season feel so much longer. Because um, I graduated early in December. And then starting January, I'm already training out in Arizona, getting ready for my pro day and workouts with teams and things like that. And then next thing you know, April, May, come around, you're on a team, and now you're with that team from there on out. So definitely no, I guess, time to sit down and take a breather.
0: AJ Howard is our guest he was a member of the App State secondary and now with the New England Patriots so we just put this out on Twitter AJ on the App State Twitter handle at App State sports it's it's your Twitter bio it's your profile picture your cover photo your profile picture is you holding the Lombardi trophy and your your cover photo is you with three of your uh bowl and championship rings from app state and then the super bowl ring you received with the patriots uh tell us what that experience was like to uh have that hardware in your presence in your grasp owning a super bowl ring and being able to taste kind of the the pinnacle of your profession in the nfl in in reaching those heights what just kind of take us through uh what what all of that was like in, in achieving each of those milestones
4: Honestly, I just thank God first, because I just feel like it's a blessing to be in that predicament, because not everyone gets to go to the NFL, obviously, and even less people get to go to a Super Bowl, be a part of it, and have your team win the Super Bowl, so like you said, I feel like it's a huge accomplishment, but I mean, those other three rings right there beside it, those App State rings, I care just as much about because I was with my brothers, you know, and uh, it's just it just an awesome feeling, each ring has its own story and everything, but... It's just an awesome feeling all four of the rings with my teammates and guys I've been around.
2: As you went through that with the Patriots last year, I guess how do you hope to kind of build on that? I mean, your story is pretty interesting of, you know, being on the practice squad, I believe, with the Cardinals and then kind of a late in the game, um, you know, joining in, I think even the Giants uh, until the end of December. And then you, you join the Patriots, win a ring. Um, what's that like to go through the Super Bowl as a practice squad guy? And then how does that motivate you to, to you know, move forward in the next phase of your career?
4: I would just say the practice squad in general is very motivational because um, every place I've been where they be Arizona, New York and definitely in New England, you got guys at my position that's been there eight, nine, ten years, just guys that I can learn from and just continue just to develop as a player, as a person and just be the best person I could be. So I mean I just I definitely take it for granted being with whichever team that was. I've learned so much from each one. it's been awesome.
0: Look, it, it's no secret the success that the Patriots organization has had, and as now as you've you've gone through kind of what you did last year, and coming in late in the season, and being with the practice squad, and then and then being on their postseason run, winning the Super Bowl, and now you're in the part of the lead up to the season, and, and the training camp, and 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 trying to make a roster, and trying to get a spot on the team. You're going through all of that, but as you look around and you see the culture of this organization, and and how they build that foundation year after year. What, what's your takeaway? How do you put into words uh, what it is like being a part of that organization right now?
4: Yeah, it's, it's awesome. I've been here eight months now, and I guess there's really no no secret or like magic fairy dust of why they win Super Bowls. I mean, they just work hard, very blue-collar team. that's just willing to work for everything they get and just go that extra mile when it comes to preparing for certain things and certain situations. It's amazing. All the work that's put into each week just to get wins and um so it's definitely not surprising to me all the success that's been had here and um obviously to the world they see it also.
2: When I flip you know, the Patriots success they've had and I think about the App State success, especially in that secondary. I mean, you look around NFL camps, Clifton Ducks making plays, Tay Hayes is making plays, Austin Exford is making plays. You, Doug Middleton, safeties that have had success is there a common ingredient, or it's been a pretty good run for that group uh, of you guys? What what kind of stands out when you think about all those names I just said and some of the similarities you guys have coming out of Boone?
4: It's crazy to me because I mean I love all those guys, just like best friends, just like brothers. Uh, it's just I guess I guess you could say we built a culture there. Also, I guess when my guys came through, and then the guys before me, all the defensive backs, we just kind of built a culture, a culture over time that's led to just so many great guys coming coming out, getting a chance in the NFL, and I definitely see that just keep coming on more and more each year, just more guys getting their shots, which is, I guess, the ultimate um, deal of what you're trying to do is get to the league and play at the highest level.
0: When you're when you're busy and with, uh, with with NFL teams from last year, from previous seasons, and, and we hope throughout the entirety of the 19 uh, 2019 NFL season, how do you go about trying to make sure you're keeping up with the Mountaineers?
4: Uh, Every chance I get, I I promise you, like even today, I'm checking and scrolling the App State Athletics just to see what's going on. I don't even care if it's just football. It could be baseball, basketball, soccer, women's basketball, tennis. It could be anything. I'm just an excited alumni just to see how far we come, I guess, every year. Seems like we just gain a little bit more ground on being the best program we can be. So it's awesome. I'm definitely a proud alumni and can't wait to get back up there.
2: When I think about it, I think you and Doug maybe appeared in the booth with with Adam during a game last season. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Did you get any fancies of maybe trying to take Adam's job or
4: <laughs> No, I think Adam's safe for that part. But I mean I'd definitely come up there any time he invites me or anything, I'll definitely be the first one to say yes to that. i mean, open I'd
0: open be- invitation, man. Open invitation. You just log as well, as long as you're you're willing to put a headset on, you're welcome in that booth any time, my friend.
4: <laughs> hey, no uh, that sounds good to me.
0: Hey, I want to ask, uh, look, I, I don't know a lot about the, the details and getting into the weeds of how the practices work or are structured during this time of year, but are, w- would you ever be in a position during any sort of sequence in practice to, to be able to intercept a pass from Tom Brady?
4: Well, I mean, like I said, I've been here eight months, and I've definitely been on defense while he's been on offense, and, you know, I try not to make a big deal out of it because I'm his teammate at the end of the day. I'm not a fan <laughs> like that, you know? I just try to be professional about it, and if I ever get a chance to, I try to make my uh, play while he tries to make a play, and it's just um, it's just awesome to be able to even say that. Like, I can't even say that right now, but it's cool yeah. to be able to, to match up against a guy like that.
0: So what's, uh, what, what's the goal that you've set for yourself as, uh, you know, you're getting into preseason games now. Do, do you have a goal of where you want to be by the time the regular season starts off? I, I want to give folks kind of an idea of, you know, what, what A.J. Howard is aspiring to at this stage of his professional career.
4: Oh yeah, for sure. So I definitely have goals, as I guess it's beyond related to football. Um, just become a better person, and also become a better player on the football side of it. While taking these next couple of weeks, uh, taking the next couple of weeks in, learning from the older guys just in front of me, and um, just being the best person I can be, just growing through them, going through God, and just being the best I can be. That's all I can do.
0: We're we're pulling for you, AJ. We'll be following you throughout uh, preseason and and the rest of camp with the Patriots, and and we hope you see you making plays on television here uh, over the next few weeks. So thanks for spending some time with us. I know it's been a busy day for you. you got a lot more coming uh, your way, but thanks for carving out a few minutes for us.
4: No, Thank you all so much for having me.
0: That's A.J. Howard, former member of the App State Secondary and now with the New England Patriots in the NFL. All right, we're going to close things down with our new head football coach, Eli Drinkwitz. You'll hear from the new head Mountaineer for the football program on the other side of the break as you're listening to App State Day on the David Glenn Show. UNC coach Roy Williams is joining us. You are uncomfortable
1: with your name in the same sentence as Dean Smith. I know that I will never be as good as he was in in any way. Yet when I hear people say those things, yeah, those things are pretty neat. But I try to make sure that's about as far as I go. Keep it here on the David
0: Glenn Show. All right, welcome back to the David Glenn Show. It's App State Day here. We're with you until the top of the hour. Uh, Plenty of guests we have to thank from today's show. Baseball, basketball, our athletics director, Doug Gillen, joining us. Uh, Current athletes, current coaches, former athletes. Uh, A lot of folks have joined us today and we want to say thank you to those that took time out of their day to talk App State athletics with us this afternoon. I'm Adam Witten. Brett Strilo is here as well. We do have one more guest to get to today and it is the new head football coach with the Mountaineers. It's Eli Drinkwitz and he is in the middle of his first fall camp as the head coach of the Mountaineers. One of our segments earlier that we really enjoyed was talking to Michael Smith, the Sports Business Journal, who detailed the, the process that Doug Gillen and his staff went through in going from Scott Satterfield to the hiring of Eli Drinkwitz. And now here we are in August, just 24 days away from the first game on August 31st against ETSU. And currently, the team is in the middle of practice right now. So uh, we had to record this interview with Coach Trinkwitz because our window of time live was while they were going through one of their preseason practices. So we want to play an interview for you now that we recorded with Coach Trinkwitz and kind of the lead up to the start of the season. And we'll let you get a little bit of taste of the, the new football coach as he gets ready to kick the season off in just three and a half weeks. I want to start with this, Coach. It's been, what, seven and a half months since you were hired. If you had to summarize it into just a few things, what would you say you've you've learned over the last nearly eight months of being the coach at Appalachia?
5: Well, I've learned there's a tremendous excitement, uh, a pride, and a passion in in our university and within our football program. And uh, we've got a great group of young men, and we've got a, a talented staff and excited to work together. But uh, number one thing I learned is just that there's – so much energy, pride, and passion within our fan base and within this university. So excited to, to lead it and represent this university.
0: Many individuals have come to find this out about you and just their, their short opportunities to meet you. And I know you've met a lot of people in your in your time so far. But even just listening to your press conference a few minutes ago, we've, we've learned that one of the things that excites you and motivates you the most is the opportunity to work with the players, to get the one-on-one interaction with the players. Give us your emotions how would you articulate your feelings in actually now getting ready to start your first fall camp and getting to work with these players a little bit more
5: Well I think you finally get a chance to interact with them on a daily basis and help them understand how how hard you have to work to achieve a goal and what that day is going to take on a daily mm-hmm. basis you know We've been able to work with them in spring football from a football standpoint we've been able to work with them from an off-season standpoint but our coaching staff now gets the opportunity to work with them every single day. And really, that's when our influence and when our um, opportunity to really mentor young men shows up the most. And so for us, it's, it's bigger than just football right yeah. now. It's more than just wins and losses and games. Um, it's, it's about how we can affect these guys on a daily basis. What's keeping you up right now as
0: you get ready to, to start your first fall camp? I know there's a ton of things on your mind uh, right now. What keeps you up right now?
5: I mean, who's going to be our right tackle? Yeah. Uh, who's going to step up in, in the uh, secondary at the corner position? Um, you know, how, how are things going to unfold? Uh, what adversity are we going to face that we have to conquer? Um, you know, I, I think anything that is unknown keeps you up. And, mm-hmm. you know, just being honest and raw, the first time going to be a head coach, I'm not familiar with any of this in the chair that I'm in. So it's all yeah. a little bit new and all a little bit – uh, coming at you at the same point or at the same time. Um, but the reason why I set the staff up the way I did um, with Ted Roof, an experienced defensive coordinator, Eric Lincoln experienced special teams coordinator, mm-hmm. myself calling the offense, was the only person new at the position they were in would be me in the head coach's chair. All the other facets should, should uh, move flawlessly. We understand what we have to have done and ready to roll.
0: Not too long ago we we spent some time at at sunbelt media day and app was was picked to win the conference and they were they were i think you probably will settle for being picked to win the conference at the end of the year that's what we're striving for but people will look at the fact that 17 starters returning on both sides of the ball and on paper you say well app's got so much talent coming back from a successful team but you made the point of saying you know, it's it's not that simple. It's, mm-hmm. you've got, yes, you have all these returning players that have so much experience and leadership, but now everyone's having to gel together. Can you explain kind of what you'll be going through with that process? Yeah,
5: I mean, yes, the, these young men have returning experience. Our coaching staff has a lot of returning experience too, but the thing about a team is when do they become us? When do they unite? When do they gel? When does that team form that team chemistry and mm-hmm. bond that they can face adversity and overcome it, that they're comfortable within the schemes that we're asking them to do? We're asking them to do things that are different than what they've done before. When you play at your best, you're in a rhythm. In order to be in rhythm, you have to be comfortable with what you're doing and have to have it's just as a reflex. And so, yeah, you have 17 returning starters, but they're not returning starters within our system. And so we've got to get those guys caught up to speed with our system and we've got to form our us identity as quickly as we can. Um, I mean, you look at the teams who are consistently in championship contention around college football, it's not usually first-year coaches that walk into those situations. I mean, Clemson, as good as they've been recently, took six years to get to the point to where they were accustomed to what they've been asked to do. Now. I understand we're at App State and nobody wants to hear that. So we're not sitting here trying to build in excuses. We know the challenge. I knew the challenge when I took this job. So it's something we're prepared for, but it's also an understanding that that's what has to occur um, as quickly as possible.
0: Not your first fall camp, certainly, as a coach, but your first as a head coach. But even yeah. going back to your experience in, in fall camp scenarios the lead up to that first game, what's what's what are the things that you enjoy most about this time of year? The
5: camaraderie. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing better than training camp, um, hanging out together. We, we do a thing called uh, Mountaineer Olympics with our unity teams, where we play games have excitement I equate it to like going to church camp but you got to practice football a little bit too so um, we're gonna have a lot of fun we're gonna bolt you know mold relationships we're gonna get after each other but it's going to be that brotherhood and camaraderie that that is really the most exciting uh, you know and the other thing is I don't shave uh, I go on a diet I drink a lot of diet Mountain Dew and so god I'm excited about it looking forward to see how it all unfolds thanks for spending a few minutes with us no problem I appreciate it
0: all right, that's head coach Eli Drinkwitz. And if you know anything about Coach Drink already, you know that it's not just fall camp when he's drinking a lot of Diet Mountain Dew. That's just any day of the week, any time of the year. Uh, we appreciate him spending a little bit of time with us prior to today's show because they're in the middle of practice right now. I think it's practice number seven right now, 24 days till kickoff, App State in ETSU. All right, couple more minutes remaining in the show. I'm Adam Witten, Brett Strilo here as well. Uh, what, what's been the thing that you've taken away from today's show that you'll say that was the most interesting thing that, that, that I learned or that we discussed on today's show?
2: Well, I think it's cool with my role um, in Boone on a day-to-day basis. I get to see a lot of these people and interact with them each day. And but there's some folks like you know, I do a lot of baseball stuff, but I would never spoken to Jalen Davis. So mm-hmm. It's really cool to get to talk to him for the first time. And guys like Donald Sims, I never talked to. And and the thing that kind of stands out, like you know, Jalen or Daniel out in California, or Donald, who's been playing all over the, you know, all over the world. The pride that they still have in App State, um, you know, even if they've moved on to whatever level um, that just that they still keep up with it the way they do and that they feel honored to be part of, you know, a show like this that they can talk about their alma mater like that. It's pretty cool. I encourage you guys, if you haven't yet, to
0: go read the story that um, Michael Smith wrote and talked to us about in the Sports Business Journal. He did a profile of a coaching search, and he specifically focused on Doug Gillen and App State's search to eventually arrive at Eli Drinkwitz as the new head football coach. Um, I had talked to Doug a number of times in mid-December as they were going through the process. After he was hired, we talked to him during the bowl game broadcast in New Orleans about the process. And I still learned several things that I did not know about that and how much planning went into that. It's a great uh, history and detail of how that happened. So that to me was one of the more interesting conversations that we had today. I want to thank David Glenn and Darren Vaught and the entire staff for allowing us to step in for DG today and shine a spotlight on Appalachian State for today's show. also want to remind you that uh, Carolina Hurricanes Day is coming up tomorrow with Mike Maniscalco and Carolina Panthers Day in the Voices of North Carolina tour. That's on Friday with our old friend and Mountaineer Hall of Famer himself, David Jackson will be hosting that on Friday. Thanks to all of our guests for joining us throughout the three hours today. Thanks to Brett Strelo for co-hosting today. I'm Adam Witten. 24 days till kickoff App State and ETSU. Hope to see you on the mountain very soon. And thanks for listening to us today. App State Day on the David Glenn Show. Have a great rest of your Wednesday afternoon.